Hey, I'm Jason Wood, the VA Loan Guy and host of the Armed and Ready podcast. Please come and check out this exciting episode we have for you. another episode of the Armed and Ready podcast. I'm your host, Jason Wood, the VA Loan Guy. Today, we've got two Air Force vets on the show. Um, bringing on Brian Arrington, so you know it's going to be off the charts because it's two Air Force guys. I mean, come on. Um, but <laughs> but Brian, hey man, I, I want to say thanks for, for spending some time with us today. And um, I want to share with everybody your story. Um, career Air Force guy, doing some great stuff in the nonprofit space right now. Um, so super excited to have you, man. Thanks. Well, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Um, really uh, love your show and had the opportunity to watch uh, quite a few of your podcasts. And um, you just continuously bring on great talent and uh, people that are just doing amazing things on the outside. And I uh, really appreciate you bringing that voice you know, to everybody. Yeah, well, thanks, man. It's um, It's been pretty cool, you know, as things have evolved. And just it's there's so many neat people out there who served and are just doing cool stuff, you know, and there's, there's a lot to share, lots to share. Uh, but thank you. Thank you very much, man. Um, so let's, let's get into it, man. Tell us about, tell us about Brian. How did, how did you find this air force? You know, what, what triggered you to, to join in the military and go down that path? Yeah. Uh, I actually joined because I was mad at my parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, That's some honesty right there. Yeah, so I, I'm, I was uh, pre-9-11. Uh, uh, I was going to college at John Jay College of Criminal Justice in uh, Manhattan, New York. And uh, one day, um, my, my parents had decided I was living at home in White Plains, New York, going to college in the city. And my parents had decided to take a vacation. And they went to the Gambia in Africa. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So they were gone for a month while well, I was, I was able to live it up at home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> parties when they weren't around and they came back and they told me, Hey, we're moving to Africa. We're moving to Gambia. You want to come? I'm like, heck no, I'm not going to come. Like, I was a New York kid. Like, what the heck do I want to do in Africa? It's not, you know, I'm not coming to America. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they said, um, no, no, we're really going. I said, no, you're not, whatever. And three months later, the house was sold. <laughs> the cars were sold. What? And they're like, hey, you sure you don't want to come? Take a gap year or something like that? I'm like, no. And so uh, they actually moved. And they sent me to live with my family attorney, the family attorney out in Long Island. I didn't even know the guy or his, or his family. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so, uh, you know, I was still commuting back and forth to school from Westbury, New York. And uh, one day I was like, man, how do I get back at them? Like, I wanted to, like, piss them off. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the podcast. Yeah, no, you're fine. But uh, uh, I, uh, I asked my friends, um, you know, I had a clique of uh, four, four other friends. And I said, hey, what do you think? about the Navy or the Air Force. And uh, the reason why I, I said Navy or Air Force was because I still cared about quality of life. I wasn't trying to punish myself. Right, right. <laughs> <was> my parents. <laughs> uh, so um, they're like, 
definitely Air Force. I was like, yeah, you know, because Iron Eagle was one of my favorite movies growing up. And I was oh, like, yeah, that was a good yeah. movie. Like, uh, yeah, I, I could see Air Force and like, they don't do anything, right? So <laughs> I definitely didn't do, do that. Like, I don't want to be a pilot, but I'll do something in the Air Force other than being a pilot. And I was like, you know what? I really don't want to be in the Navy because I can't swim. And I ain't trying to be out in the ocean for six months straight or something like that. And that's all I knew about the Navy. <laughs> uh, I didn't know anything about the Air Force either. So uh, that's what led me to join. And I came in in 1999. So this is before 9-11. Uh, and funny story is, you know, when 9-11 happened, though that's not a funny story, um, the uh, I became a, a military cop, security forces in the Air Force. Okay. And in 2001, my leadership, all of our, you know, the, the leadership, the E6s and E7s were frantically scrounging around for the ThreatCon Delta book. It was ThreatCon back then. Uh, couldn't find it anywhere. And then when they finally found it, it was had dust like crazy on it. They were trying to wipe it off and find out what exactly to do. To, how do you close a base? Because nobody had ever done that before. Yeah. It's kind of normal, you know? Uh, so that was pretty funny. We're all outside waiting for orders <laughs> because the leadership was trying to figure out like what to do. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's how you know, Airman Arrington started off. Wow. That's, that's a good story, man. Um, that's funny on the threat con. I remember, so I, I was, I got in in 99 also. And, uh, yeah, it was a scramble. I mean, yeah. no one knew what the heck to do. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, absolutely not. No playbook. So I'm going to do four years and get out. So yeah, well, that was it. That plan didn't work because obviously you ended up more than four years, right? So, <laughs> and, and people around me were saying, "Oh, you're going to be career." I was like, "No, I'm not. Stop it." And I was like, "No, I'm doing four and getting out." And then something happened, and I found Security Forces Raven, and it hooked me. And uh, after finding that that job uh, and being able to travel all around the world. Um, you know, to countries that I had, I didn't even know existed. Uh, it was just amazing. Um, so I stayed and I wanted to be a Raven as long as I possibly could until they pulled me out from flying. And then that same month, uh, this was in 2007, I, um, I asked my chief, can I go teach it at the Raven school, which was on Fort Dix? And he said, yep. Yeah. And the next week, I was clocking in there, and for five years, I taught Raven. No kidding. So, oh, wow. Yes. I was like, I'm not leaving this community. And then finally, they got me um, while I was deployed. They said in 2012, hey, when you get back, you're, you're going to uh, Cannon Air Force Base, New Mexico. It's oh. like, oh. yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that, that's a deployed location in the States. If anybody's listening and they're a cannon, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a, the, the downfall of the Air Force is a lot of our bases are in pretty undesirable place spots, yes. you, you know, so absolutely, it, it comes with its, its cons as well as its pros, right? Right. Um, well, that's really cool. So, um, so, so being, um, 
you know, in that Raven community. Um, tell me any, any cool stories that, that come to mind from when you're doing that and getting to fly and all that. Yeah. Um, so I have a cool story and, and I've got one that is most memorable uh, to me, one that I'm, I'm very proud of. Um, so okay. the most memorable is, or the, the, the one that's uh, kind of most funny now, it wasn't funny then, but uh, you know, that there was a bombing in, in Sana'a, Yemen of the embassy. And I remember. I was, yeah, I, uh, the air crew was tasked with bringing uh, portable blast barriers to, uh, to, to the embassy uh, right after it happened. So we were the first Raven team in uh, with this air crew to provide for the uh, embassy workers, you know, the uh, the portable blast barriers, so they could you know bring people back into the country to to reestablish the embassy. And so we land, and the embassy, you know, was workers would come into the gate, and we got word uh, from the RSO, regional security officer, who was out on the flight line, that the Yemeni soldiers um, pointed a 50 cal at them and charged it. And we were nervous that they were about to fire on yeah. the embassy folks. So, you know, as Ravens, we have, um, you know, uh, service weapons on the aircraft to protect it. And so we're like, Okay, charge charge rounds. <laughs> you know, was, yeah, we're we might be fighting the whole Yemeni's uh, uh, army, and we're probably not going to get off this this tarmac uh, alive. Um, so uh, yeah, that was pretty hairy, and it uh, fortunately the uh, aircraft commander um, and uh, one of our Raven team members. I was the team leader on that. I was able to convince um, the uh, deputy uh, prime minister there that, um, well, if we don't take off in time, you're going to be responsible for a uh, you know $22 million aircraft and an air crew that has to stay the night and securing securing us, protecting us, and where you have like Hamas like right across the the, the tarmac without any fencing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, uh, we got off on time. <laughs> we got blastberries <laughs> off and we took off as fast as we could. But uh, oh, yeah, man. that that was as close as I had ever come on a Raven mission to potentially discharging my firearm. Yeah, that's uh, pretty hairy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's one for the for the records. Now oh, um, during Haiti, uh, the Haiti earthquake, uh, we had, you know, gotten word about two hours after things went, you know, uh, thing went really bad in Haiti, uh, and at New Jersey and Dover basically flew down there and provided humanitarian support to the refugees, um, that needed to, to leave. And so we were one of the first air crews down there um the press had already beat us down there the press were already lined up wow. but uh we were bringing loads and loads of, of refugees out of haiti back to the united states and uh that was where i earned my humanitarian medal which is 
the the medal that means the most to me uh, for my entire career. And uh, that was most memorable and most proud um, medal I have from my 20 years. I did three humanitarian missions, but that one was significant. Yeah, no, that was <clears throat> that Haiti earthquake, man. That was a big, big deal. Um, yeah. And I know you guys pulled a lot of people out there. I mean, it wasn't just your crew. I mean, there was lots of crews out there just getting people out. Yeah, and the place was devastated. Um, wow, man. Well, good for you. That's that's a cool story. That's a really cool story. Um, so um, you did your your twenty years in in the Air Force and um, retired. And now you're, you're in kind of the Atlanta area, right? Yes. And do, working in the nonprofit space. So tell us, tell us a little bit about like your transition out. I mean, obviously you're retiring. So, you know, you got probably a little time on your side to figure out what you're going to do, but, but how did that all come together? And then how did you end up where you are today? So my transition story is, is really interesting. And so I transitioned from the Air Force. Well, I retired one July, 2019. But my transition story really starts a year prior. And I'll take everybody back in time to March, 2018. So I found this uh, group on LinkedIn called the Veteran uh, Mentor Network, which had uh, over 140,000 service members or veterans that were in there willing to guide, mentor, and coach those that found the group. And I was asked by Tom Cal, who was the manager of that group and founder, to introduce myself to everyone and what I wanted to do when I got out of service. And at that time, I wanted to be a marketing manager because uh, I, was a, I was a cop and I really knew what I didn't want to be was a cop, security guard, or prison guard. Um, but what Google MOS Translator, which was big back in 2018, told me I could be was told me what only what I could be was a cop, a security guard or a prison guard. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, um, I, I put in there what I wanted to do. And this in, individual named Kenya Spratt reached out to me. And Kenya said, Hey, I'm an army ranger at a Fort Benning, Georgia. Um, are you going to CMA tomorrow? I said, what's CMA? And you have to all have to understand that I was stationed at Warner Robins Air Force Base, which is about two, two hours, two and a half hours away from Fort Benning. And I said, what's CMA? And he says, Centurion Military Alliance. I'm like, bro, what the heck is Centurion Military Alliance? And he said, uh, uh, it's a VSO. And I said, man, if you don't stop with these army acronyms and, and tell me what the heck this thing means, <laughs> uh, this conversation's over. He said, no, it's not an army acronym. It stands for Veteran Service Organization. I said, what is that? He said, well, Veteran Service Organization provides free services and support to us and our family members while we're still in and when we've gotten out. I said, you know, I'm an E7, all right? I've never heard of this stuff before. Senior NCO, never heard of this before. So I'm like, okay, uh, and the event was tomorrow. So I was like, you know what, I can get out there. So I, I drive two and a half hours uh, the next morning uh, to this, this event. And this is where my life changed. In the first 30 minutes, I learned that there was over 40,000 veteran service organizations nationwide that provided free resources and services to us and our family members 
but nobody had ever told me. Um, and so I immediately started thinking back to 2002 and a miracle happened in 2002. I made E5. Uh, <laughs> and so I had troops and all I could think about was how many of those troops that Aaron, that I let get out, did I not set up for success on the outside due to my own ignorance on all these free resources? And then it hit me in the gut. And I started crying literally in the front row of this class sitting right next to Kenya Spratt. And I, I said, or I thought, how many of them are part of the 22 that have killed themselves a day since then? Or unemployed or underemployed or on substance abuse or divorced or homeless or incarcerated or any combination thereof, because Sergeant Arrington, Brian Arrington, didn't set them up for success because of my own ignorance. And That's it made a heavy me burden. What's that? That's a heavy burden to think of. Yeah. And taken from 2002 all the way to that point, 2018. Because let's be real, uh, as NCOs and senior NCOs, and um, you know, give it to the officers as well. Once we send an individual to tap, um, we basically never see them again. And un unless they're like your your boy or, or your girl, or your best friend, um, you don't stay in contact with them. Um, but so they, they might reach out to you if they need a recommendation letter for, for college, but then that's it. So we really don't know what, what happens to people once they leave the military. Um, so that's, that was a problem I had. Um, and you know, there's not much you could do about it. Yeah. Um, so I went home and I looked specifically to see if there is a, uh, some place to, uh, find all these resource library or all these resources. And I couldn't find a single site repository where all the free resources were co-located. So in my last six months on active duty, uh, I found a website designer who was a veteran and we built it. Um, so that's where Vesta Industry came about. Now, I also was doing my own transition at that time and I was helping people find careers and, and opportunities that I hadn't even transitioned yet. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, it was awesome. But, uh, um, you know, we had started with about 72 resources on the, on the bestindustry.org. And then we, uh, we grew, we had more volunteers sign up to come with us. And then in, it's been about two and a half years of the website being live. And we have just under 50,000 followers on our LinkedIn company page nice. uh, alone. And We've had over 190,000 page views on our website. Uh, over 100,000 um, people come to the, the website. And, you know, I have 125 volunteers nationwide that help mentor, guide, and coach uh, individuals, mentees is what we call them, because we don't call them clients because it's too formal. And we don't call them customers because we don't sell anything. Uh, so that's what we, we, we do. That's really cool. I mean, 
I've always thought that too, you know, kind of the same thought that you had when you started developing the website is, you know, I knew there were a bunch of VSOs out there, but you know, where were they? What were they for? You know, do I need any of them? Do I need two of them? You know, how do you even filter that stuff? You know, especially with 40,000, that's, I mean, you could research yeah. to your blue in the face, right? I mean, you could never find the right answer. You're just finding stuff. So that's, that's a super, super big, like void to have filled for everybody. Um, yeah, we have, a, we have over just over a thousand of those resources, free resources on our website at www.vets, the number two industry.org. And uh, we continuously update it with more free resources every month as we find them, vet them, and curate them. Uh, and, the, and the purpose of vetting them is because we don't want to put anything in front of any service member or family member or veteran or caregiver that hasn't been um, completely vetted uh, because we don't want to put any predators uh, in, in, in line of sight of any, any service members or veterans. Um, so we, we do a really hard, hard on job of making sure that doesn't, that doesn't occur. Um, and it's a community library. So if people come and they don't see a resource, but they know it exists, they can actually send us a message on, on our research page uh, with a link uh, and the name of a resource. And it goes right to my research team and they will actually research the, the organization and, and then add it. If it's a, a good resource, they'll add it to the, the resource library. So it's a community library. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Well, you got more eyes out there kind of helping you find stuff, which is great. Exactly. Um, now there's something else that happened when COVID hit. So when, when COVID hit, um, I got upset again. And uh, so we know when, when I get upset, things happen. <laughs> uh, so when COVID hit, uh, I'm, I was very active. I am very active in the Atlanta community with Vetlanta, with Four Block, with Bunker Labs. These are all phenomenal resources. And Four Block had canceled all of their in-person uh, meetings, um, which is a great resource for service members to take advantage of and, and veterans where they get in front of the companies that are hiring and able to network and potentially land careers. So the problem with them stopping is that transitioning service members are still getting out the military. And they're now not able to meet with recruiters or mentors or veteran service organizations, uh, but they're still getting out the military. So what do they do? How do they find their, their connections to organizations and, and companies to hire them? Yeah. So a week and a half after the um, last event that got canceled, which was the beginning of March of uh, 2020, I uh, came up with the Vets to Industry Virtual Networking Circuit event. And this is an online uh, virtual event where we bring 400 to 500 people every three weeks. Uh, we bring Fortune 500 companies and recruiters and staffing firms, along with veteran service organizations um, from all over the country. Doesn't matter where you are, how tiny, how big, 
universities and colleges together to meet service members, um, some that are getting out in two years uh, that are trying to build their networks, veterans, uh, transitioning service members, and spouses and caregivers so that they can actually start building relationships and meeting each other. And they've been a hit. Uh, we're up to our 22nd virtual networking circuit events. Oh, wow. Months that we've been doing this um, every three weeks. And, uh, you know, we, sometimes we have a wait list. We have 500 that show up and, and some that are still on the, on the wait list. That's incredible, so man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats for doing that. That's huge. Thank you. That's really huge. So, I mean, obviously there's, you know, a lot of like, um, a lot of people that you're helping get into jobs and stuff like that. Um, you know, any good, any good, any good stories you can share with us of, you know, someone who you've, you really helped out that resonates with you? Yeah, actually, actually um, so Marina Rabinek, she um, did a, a DOD skill bridge program. Uh, she was actually a volunteer with Vets to Industry. And she went through her transition. She was in the Navy. And at the end of her transition, uh, she was actually able to get hired by the nonprofit that she did her, her internship with. And about a month later, um, her and another colleague um, were victimized by restructuring and nothing to do with them, oh. just how they were doing it. And Marina, uh, after, you know, being in tears for about a half an hour and then getting herself back, back, right. Uh, reached out to me and a couple other, the best industry, uh, folks. And, uh, I put out a call to action and we rallied our whole network. And in five hours, she had a job offer. No way. Oh. Five hours. Yep. That's awesome. Tell you. And uh, she's with another nonprofit. And she's loving life right now. Uh, and then her friend, who also got um, uh, let go, we got her a career in a week. Dang. Yeah. That's really so, good. Yeah, like I said, we, we have a great network. Um, you know, we have a ton of veteran influencers within Vets Industry. Uh, we, uh, we utilize Veterati. And for those of you who are not familiar with Veterati, please get on there. It's a mentorship uh, uh, application uh, on the website, www.vetarati. Uh, Hope I spelled that right. No, V-E-T-E-R-A-T-I, there we go, uh, uh, .com. And you will be connected with uh, mentors that are veterans or civilians, and you talk to them for an hour, an hour blocks. And you can schedule as many mentorship calls as you want. Uh, and my vice president of Vets Industry has over 700 hours of mentorship on that app. Dang. Yeah, it's insane. I've only got about 311. Um, but there's there's three of us that have well over 1500 hours combined 
um, of just mentorship hours and we have tons of, of mentors on there. So take advantage of it. Yeah, that's a huge, huge resource. I mean, for those listening, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, on this podcast, you know, we're talking about transition and, you know, what's your plan and what have you thought about? And, you know, oftentimes there isn't a plan, right? And, um, and if there is, it's, you know, loosely put together and, you know, you just kind of jump in head first and hope it works. But really, there's a lot that you can glean from, you know, you know, mentors and stuff like that. You know, even if it's just, hey, I'm thinking of going this direction, what questions should I ask? You know, I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a powerful conversation to have. Um, because, you know, in the military, we're, we're just so like head down on the mission, do what you're told, you just worked a 15 hour day, you're going home to sleep and tomorrow you're turning around and doing it again, right? And like, that's just, that's just every day, you're just in go mode. So there's not a lot of opportunity to sit there and like really put thought into stuff. Um, so I think, you know, for those that are listening, um, you really, really need to take advantage of this and just ask as many questions as you can. Yeah, there's, there's so many great resources out there. Um, if you're in your final year of transitioning and you know what you want to do, which is, there's not many of us who absolutely know what, what we want to do when we get out because we don't know what's out there, which is why using Veterati is so great and in, in getting on informational interviews, which is just finding somebody in the field that you are interested in, in the industry, and potentially in the role that you are desiring or to find out what roles are there and getting on a 15 to 20 minute call with them. You're not asking them for a job or anything of that nature. You're asking what, what life in the, in the day is like, if you find a veteran in those roles, what was their transition like into those roles? Uh, and Vets Industry can help you and teach you how to do informational interviews. Um, we, we do all of this for you. Uh, and then we also send you to uh, resources that'll help you with interview prep, resumes, um, mental health, uh, financial support, education, the list goes on, community engagement. If you want to find a network near you of support, we can help with all of that. So, um, you know, that's, there's also uh, American corporate partners. So if you're, you know, if you've got a year out, um, do American corporate partners. Um, if you know what you're, what you, what you want to do, um, they give match you up with a, uh, usually a fortune 500 company or, uh, a really top notch company in the industry that you want to do and they help guide you to specifics and you meet with the, the mentor once a month um, for the entire year. And you're the only person that they mentor for that year. Wow. So yeah, American Corporate Partners, ACP.org. That's really cool. I mean, um, that opportunity, SkillBridge is, you know, another cool resource uh, for people out there too. You know, if, if you've got some, and it doesn't mean you have to be, a thousand percent committed to that's what you are going to do. But man, it, it sure is a good way to um, get a glimpse of that industry or that job or something like that. Um, and, you know, like you were mentioning, we just don't have the opportunity while you're, while you're serving to really look outside. Right. So, you know, like you're saying, we don't, we don't know. We just don't yeah. know what's out there. And, you know, a thought comes to your mind. Well, shoot, that might be, you know, 
way, way off of the mark where you need to land. But, you know, this kind of gives you the opportunity to get in there and, and just learn, right? Get a, get a little experience of what that's going to be from people that are doing it. And, um, and shoot, they, they might help coach you in a, a totally different direction, right? Which is the one maybe you need to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's, and make sure uh, if you're listening that you do your um, disability claims at six months before you get out. If you wait till when you get out, you're in a different bracket and it'll take you a long time to get your rating. Um, so do it, it's, it's the BD, BDD, Bravo Delta Delta at your six months before you get out and you know, get your exams, get your rating and within about a week to two weeks, you'll have your rating as soon as you get out the service. That's, so. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a really big point, like really good advice. Um, you know, I know a lot of, you know, service members or veterans kind of feel like, oh, well, there's nothing really wrong with me. I don't want to dip my hand in there. But, you know, um, that's, that's the wrong thinking, right? So the, the government sets up this pot of money for disability ratings. Um, and it's, it's there every year. And a lot of it goes unspent because people aren't putting a claim in for it. And every year there it's available. So it's not like you're burdening the taxpayers or anything like that. Like this is, you're entitled to it. It's set up for you. Um, and like you were mentioning, like the process, if if you do it after you get out, the process can take a super duper long time and really frustrating. Um, so start at six months before and you may not even know if there's, if you got a claim or not, but go to the doctor and, and have them just check you out. They'll ask you questions. They know what to ask. You know, they, they know the regs, they, they know what's in there and what's available and, and that sort of thing. I mean, um, but that's, that's a big, big thing. Um, take advantage of it. Even if it's, even if you got a small rating, you know, a couple bucks, you know, over the course of the rest of your life goes a long way. Yeah. Plus if you get a 0% rating on things, that's still a rating. So when you're 50 or 60 years old and that, uh, that is hurting you, uh, from all the ruck marching that you did or, you know, carrying kit, you, those things can be reevaluated and because it's connected to a service injury, um, you can be re, um, uh, the rating will be readjusted to a percentage. So you actually are going to be able to receive, um, monetary compensation for the disability at the level that, um, they see it's, it's warranted as. Yeah. So, and it's much easier to do that if you just got like the zero rating in that example, six months prior to getting out, then that whole process becomes easier and faster. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, super good point. Um, so tell us about, you know, the nonprofit, I know you said you have, you know, volunteers, um, in the organization. So, um, you know, a lot of us want to be able to stay connected and give back. Um, and maybe the civilian life, you know, doesn't offer as much opportunity for that, but for those who are looking to, to give back and contribute, what's something that they can do, um, with vets to industry? Yeah. So, um, the organization is set up for, for those who understand, I know the Navy doesn't do this and most of the air force doesn't do this, but it was set up like a battle staff. And so we have what's called an S one through an S six. Now our S1 is our human resources. It's like your orderly room. Um, they handle everything from 
uh, volunteers in taking in to uh, payroll for um, part-time employees if we ever get you know have those um, one day hopefully we have full-time employees um, that can work you know nine to five my goal is to be able to hire a military spouse and a veteran uh, at some point within the next uh, eight months um, hopefully with sponsors and donations that'll be possible uh, but they uh, also handle all of our uh, DE and I, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, any complaints or things of that nature, and they handle our support at vetsindustry.org. So if anyone has any life needs that are out there, not specific to career searching, but you know finance needs or uh, domestic needs, um, things of that nature, they send it to uh, support at vets2industry.org and they will guide them to the free resources um, that we have listed uh, to help them out. Um, our S2 is our research team. So if you like researching, um, you can join that team. I have a lot of military intelligence uh, personnel in there and, and you know people that really love um, deep diving, um, checking out uh, if there's a threat, quote unquote, meaning uh, a, an organization that, you know, could have a bad actor or, or hurt veterans, service members, you know, there's 45,000 veteran service organizations out there, but not all of them are created equal or have the best intentions. So I want you to be aware of that. You still have to do your due diligence. Even if you don't use us, you got to make sure you, you check them out and, you know, find out if others have used them. Uh, and then our S3 is our operations. This is where all of our mentors are and uh, where a lot of our uh, work effort uh, with organizations like uh, Pure Post where that help with your resume uh, are all located. Uh, we have our logistics team, which handles our swag uh, and um, also our travel kits for events that we booth at. We have our marketing team, which is one of our biggest teams. Um, we have you know, graphic designers on there. We have um, people that write for our newsletter. Um, we have event planners uh, for networking events uh, and soon our in-person events when that comes back around and we'll be doing them across the United States. Uh, then we also have a compliance team. So we have a section for lawyers. If you're a lawyer, you want to do some volunteer work. We have uh, two lawyers on staff right now that are pro bono. Uh, so if you'd like to come on uh, for that, we have a, a data analytics department that was just created uh, with right now six people on it with seven people that are being interviewed uh, for uh, the other positions. We have a technical team, uh, our S6, so they handle all the website design and, and maintenance uh, and whatnot. We have a military spouse team. So they handle all of the coordination with the military spouses that are volunteers and all external military spouses that come to us for assistance and things of that nature, along with our military spouse events, which we have uh, our fourth one coming up August 7th. 
Uh, so awesome. it's coming up soon. And we also have a LinkedIn uh, event, a webinar, uh, how to utilize LinkedIn, um, best tools. And that's also on August 7th at noon Eastern time. So you can uh, check all those out on the vets2industry.org website under events. So, uh, yeah, sorry, that was a lot. No, that's that's good, that's man. We're set up. I love it. No, there's a lot to share. And um, I really appreciate you um, spending the time explaining all that stuff. Um, there's, I mean, I think we all know there's a ton of resources out there. Um, and the fact that you're combing through and compiling those in, you know, a database or a library for people is super useful. So, um, you know, for those of you who are, you know, interested either in volunteering, um, and, or, or on the job hunt or looking for some mentorship or any of that stuff, this is an amazing spot for you to land and, and get connected with people. Um, if you're not on LinkedIn, create a login. You don't even have to create a profile yet. Just create a login and go find uh, Vets to Industry on their group page. Um, and, you know, all that other stuff can be figured we're out. We're on Facebook that. too. Yeah. So we're also we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. So subscribe. We have tons of video content on YouTube from our events, from our webinar sessions. Everything we do is free. Everything we do is free. So, you know, please check us out. Um, we're also on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, we're increasing our presence on uh, Clubhouse. Um, we have some events on there, um, but we don't have a club yet on there. Uh, so you'll see us do uh, Mill Spouse Mondays and uh, Women Warrior Wednesdays. So uh, you can check those out as well. But uh, yeah, and I forgot to mention we have a business development team too. But you got to really know about business development in order to get on that section. Those are <laughs> our elite people. There you go. And our sponsors and, and uh, donors. Nice. Nice. Well, um, well, Brian, thanks so much for sharing your story with us and, um, and everything you're doing now. I think you're doing an incredible thing for our military community. And um, just want to give you all the props in the world for that because it's huge. Um, and... And anybody who is looking for any of these resources, Brian just went over, you know, you can find them everywhere, basically every social media platform online. Um, so whatever your flavor is and wherever you like to find information, you can find vets to industry. So, um, we have groups too. So if they check out our LinkedIn group, um, vets to industry and also, uh, vets to industry job board. Uh, we have a job board up there where recruiters will consistently post job openings, career openings. I'm talking like the big name companies. Um, you check them out. So join those groups, join our Facebook group, um, and you can just get lots of information and content and, and opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, thanks again, man. Um, Ura, another Air Force vet, and yeah. uh, love having you on the show, man. Let's stay connected. And uh, everyone who's listening, man, check out Brian's group, Vets to Industry, and uh, it'd be worth all the time you can spend on it. Thank you for having me. All right, my friend. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. If you have any questions about the guests on the show, please reach out to me at valoneguy.us.